The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bad With Names. I'm your host, Don Will, and I am ecstatic. Absolutely overjoyed. Elated. This is probably the happiest moment of my life right now. One of the happiest moments in my recorded life on this podcast right now. If you want to know why I'm so happy, if you want to know what has absolutely made my day, it is this. Silence. Complete and total silence and warmth. Because if you have been following me for these past 15 episodes, you'll know that I've been having problems with my radiator. And it's been hissing really loudly, and it's been disruptive, and it's been everything you can possibly imagine that you don't want to pay rent for to live in a space. And now it's silent. And it also provides warmth. Making my home once again habitable? Habitable? Is that the right way to say Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying I'm ecstatic. And I wanted to share that guy, share that with you guys off bat. Another thing I want to share with you guys is that while I do have the comfort of my home being warm now, I'm going to leave the comfort of my warm home soon and go on tour. Tanya Morgan, that is. We're going on the road. Um, the long road to South by Southwest and back. And a slew of dates have been announced. Uh, roughly from March 10th to April 10th. No, April 5th. I'm sorry. I've been announced. I'll be in L.A. I'll be in Phoenix. I'll be in Santa Fe, Las Cruces, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Colorado, Idaho Falls, Boise, Portland, Eugene, Sacramento, San Jose, San Francisco, and Oakland. It's a lot of cities. It's a lot of traveling. I'm going to be worn out. But I'm very, 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 very happy to finally be getting back on stage. I'm also aware that this aggressive tour schedule may affect the release and recording of this podcast. I just want you guys to be patient, you know. Sometimes there'll be 10 shows in a row with no day off, and that just may mean bad with names might have to suffer. But, but, you can always just come out of your house to the city that I'm at and see me perform. And if you want to see those dates, run over to donwill.me. I know I haven't been updating the site regularly, but I'm going to get back on the job, especially with tour coming up. I got to keep you guys posted, keep you guys locked in, keep you guys tuned in. And I appreciate you for rocking with me in this podcast too, because hey, you don't have to spend an hour of your day with me and I really appreciate you doing it. Um, want to get right into this episode, actually. I don't want to do too much uh, up top if you will, because it's like an hour and change, hour and a half, and it's really full of gems. I sat down with my good friend, Josh Gondelman. Don't remember how I met this good friend, but I know we have one of the best text message exchanges in the world. It's just it's just littered with pictures of me and him. It's just selfies. We just send each other these really fun selfies. It's, it's funnier than it sounds, and you also had to be there, but since none of you are on my phone or his phone, you aren't there, so... I don't know why I shared that story with you guys. But actually, no, if you go to my Instagram, Instagram.com backslash Don Dub, and scroll back a little bit in time, you will see a text exchange between me and Josh. And it's <laughs> that's pretty much just our whole text message conversation. He's the most delightful, wonderful person in the world. He's also very much like me. It's kind of weird. We're the same person. Um, let's get into it. Gondomania, 
on Bad With Names. What were you listening to your headphones? Oh man, you shut is, up. I actually switched, I was like a little, I was listening to Fleetwood Mac, and then I switched to um, Gossip Folks by Missy Elliott, like halfway oh, shit, on the walk from the train. Missy Dude, is having a great year. It's amazing. Yeah. I like can't, I couldn't be more psyched about it. Yeah, yeah. Because of um, the, the Super Bowl and everything, it was like, what a great, uh, what a great resurgence. Yeah, and like, I, I feel like we were having this conversation in the car. I don't know in the car on the way to Boston uh, for the show. I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna like I don't know if it'll mean the labels are like like oh we're gonna put out a Missy album. I think right. Missy has to like accept the fact that the industry has changed. Yeah, for sure. And that she can't be a multi platinum artist on this release. She'd probably just right. be like a platinum artist. Sure. Like but if if a lot of those big kind of monolithic artists who don't want to put out music until they can go platinum will just kind of come off of that. Yeah. Like scale down the expectation because yeah. who is planning anymore? Yeah, like we live we live in an era where it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is, you know. But it's like there things used to go like diamond. I just, yeah. like, like I guess that was like before people had other stuff. Like it was how everybody used to watch Carson on the yeah, Tonight yeah. Show. Like, well, there were four channels. Right, and like it, even now, the stuff that would would have gotten that kind of like instant gratification right. or like super. Like that attention, it's just kind of shifted to YouTube. Right. Like people go sure. there to, to satiate that that uh, morbid curiosity, or yeah. like even that just like guilty pleasure stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I got you here. Yes. <laughs> I got you at a coffee shop. That's the loud humming noise. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to you know, talk to you. Have a good Thank time. You. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. It'll be real fun. So let's talk about first off your starting comedy, just comedy. Sure. So I started in Boston when I was in college, and I would go in. You're from Boston. I'm from the Boston area, uh, from the suburbs, Stoneham, Massachusetts. Stoneham? Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking Cambridge. Is it anything yeah, like close? It's very close. Okay. Stoneham's like a little sleepier, um, but they're geographically pretty close. So I would go yeah. into Cambridge. I'd go into Boston when I was in school in the suburbs, uh, in college, and I would go in and do like an open mic, and then take a bus back out of the city. And I did that for like <laughs> two years, and was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm doing comedy. Because there's no... one. The thing I liked about starting in Boston was that, like, the goals are so nearsighted. We're just like, I just want to get booked uh, to do the open mic without having to bring two of my friends to buy right. tickets. And then I was like, I just want to be the host. I just want to host the weekend shows. Or I want to host the open mic instead of doing, like, a five-minute spot at the end. Scalable goals. Scalable goals. Scale, Speaking yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to go multi-platinum. But I feel I... You come to New York and people are starting on are like, how do you do... How do I get on the Tonight Show? Yeah. You've been doing comedy eight minutes. Like you, this conversation is longer than your comedy career so right. far. Uh, and so that's like a weird. But I liked starting where there was people had no ambition. How long were you? How long have you been in New York? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. And since the end that time, being have your like, I guess have the goals you had set for yourself have they scaled with the city? Or are yeah, they kind of like they definitely have scaled up. And there, there's like the expectation. Even I guess the last like few years before I left, I would see my friends starting to leave and and thrive in other places, Boston, excuse yeah. me, New York, LA. But then it became like it was kind of like a. Well, I guess that'll happen or it won't. You know, like, you get to see what's possible, but you don't know how to do it. And then in New York, you're kind of like, oh, I see how the machine works a little bit. And you can figure out how to tinker with it. Yeah, like, you see how to do it, but you don't necessarily see how it's done, so to speak. You see... 
you understand the the most to the pathways you can right. take to get to a goal. Right. It's the difference between being able to drive a car and being able to fix a car. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in Boston, you can drive a car <laughs> in terms of comedy, but you can't necessarily learn how to fix a car. Like you, it's harder to make your career better. Yeah. You can make your act better, which is important, right? Like it's important to be a good driver, uh, and you can always like. Get some of them, or maybe it's the opposite way. No. And you can fix a car, but you can't drive one. <laughs> That's like, probably more of it. Because you're like, I built this great car, and they're like, cool, you don't even have a driver's license. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you're like, guess I'll just work on the engine for a while, and you do that. And uh, and then finally, you're you're like, oh, I'm gonna take it out of the road. And maybe you you know apply to festivals, or you visit New York, or you're working around New England, or whatever. Like you're working instead of just like building a car. So I reversed my earlier thing. Be, doing comedy in Boston, or like any scene where there's where you can't jump to like a the net, the level you want to be at is like building the car that you can't drive yet. Right. So I, okay. So I built my car. Not in Cincinnati. I built my car in North Carolina. Oh, right on. And I took it for a spin in Cincinnati. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I want to drive in New York. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up here. Yeah. And I've been driving it. And it's a lot of potholes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of potholes. That's the thing. In, every car looks great in the driveway. <laughs> Plus, the car's impractical in New York for your first few. <laughs> right. What? You come to New York and they're like, we don't need any more cars. Right, they're like, we have a subway. You we have so down. many cars. <laughs> There's traffic all the time and you're like, but I built this beautiful car. And they're like, first of all, everyone has a nicer car than you. Uh, second of all, you're in the back of traffic. <laughs> Third of all, just take the bus. Exactly. That's but what it stuck, is. I sold my, in reality, I sold my car when I got here the first year. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I, had, I also had a physical car that I just got rid of. Um, in January. So you kept it for two years. I kept it for three, almost three and a half years. But you were, um... I was on the road a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, you're on the road, plus, like, Boston is like a hop, skip, yeah. and away. So, so it was, it was actually, like... And what part of town were you in? I'm in Harlem. I, I'm still in Harlem. The whole time? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. so I've been in the same apartment since September 2011. Oh, wow. So I've been there, yeah. So I'm moving... Wait, what? Oh, no, you said September 11th. <laughs> Not September 11th, yeah. <laughs> September, actually, my roommate, who just moved out, moved in September 11th, 2011, so he moved in on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. So that's, yeah. that's how I, I I never forget his moving date. Yeah. <laughs> never, never forget. Yeah, because we'll be like, never forget, how long have we lived forget. here? Well, you moved in on 9-11. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, like, like, I'm... Everybody I know that lives here on 9-11 is just like the story that is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting too, because I also, it was such a big day in American history, I remember where I was, but it's like not a a compelling story. It's like, I remember I was in chemistry class, someone came in and was like, there was a terrorist attack, and we're like, bomber. (laughs) You know what I mean? You were in Boston too. Yeah. Around Boston, so it was close enough. Yes. Like, okay, so. And that's where the planes took off from. Oh, shit. From Logan Airport. At least a couple of them. So, like, I was in Cincinnati at that time. I was uh, in college. So, I remember I woke up. And I was just like, when I woke up, I saw the second plane. Yeah. I saw the second plane. I was like, what is happening right now? I was the one that went to, I was in college. I was the one that went to class. And I was like, yo, they're attacking New York right now. Yeah. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, you guys haven't seen, because I I got to frame the story. I was in postgraduate mm-hmm. art school. Okay. So I was around a bunch of people who didn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one adult who was like, okay, you know how when you go to college, like you had that group of people who are just like, I'm just here. Yeah, 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 out yeah, life. yeah. I was the one that was like, I need to go get other coursework to like get somewhere, to get to a goal that right. I have set for myself. Right. Everyone else was kind of like, I'm gonna try this art thing for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, 
teachers, they were like, it's, they, they didn't see the TV. So I was, I came in class and I was like, yo, you're, you're bugging out. What are you talking about? And this was, so we all went to the room and watched it on TV and it was just like amazing. Like, yeah. Amazing. It was, things. it's really, it was really good. Cause it felt, I mean, I imagine people here, it felt surreal but there were like tangible like you're like there's smoke and there's shutting down everything and I, I was in I think I was a junior in high school and I was just like the first one hit and everyone was just like oh that's weird like I remember right. that being like right. that's weird that that was able to happen there should be safety precautions and then the second one everyone was like oh <laughs> yeah yeah and it was like and, but it was still so remote that you're it's like when it's exactly like someone someone you barely know is like my grandmother just passed away and right. you're like yeah like, I'm sorry bummer right bummer because right, bummer. I had you go ahead my bad I'm sorry no that's okay it's like how do you it, you're sad but you're not a part of the grief yeah like I have such a um, distant relationship to New York like <laughs> That was even before Tanya Morgan. Oh wow! So like I didn't like I knew Vaughn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, when did it happen? 2008. 2001. Yeah, I, that was for everything. So I knew Vaughn. I knew of mm-hmm. Vaughn. You know, and I, it was just like the whole. I just didn't. I was in the middle of America. Yeah. Where New York was just like it was. It was fiction. Yeah. I didn't have a relationship to the city, so. I always say this in interviews. I always say New York was just like another planet. Yeah. And you would see like music videos and shit. Like, what is this? Yeah. There's trains and these funny old ass yellow taxi cabs everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it was almost like um, in on in Sesame Street even where you'd see the metal trash cans. Yeah. And like nobody I knew had metal trash cans. None. And you come to New York, it's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. It's really a real. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this all happens and, and it smells weird. And <laughs> but. All right, so backtracking back to Boston because we will get sidetracked. Sure, sure. that's fine. Throughout the throughout this entire thing because that's what we do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, you did you like set out to like how what what even gave you the impetus to want to try comedy? So I had a, a really good friend, or no, I had a lot of I, a bunch of guys I grew up with. There was a dude I knew through them, uh, this dude Joe Smith, who's just like the funniest guy. Wait a minute. That's not a fake name. Yeah, no. Joe Smith is not. Joe, it's I, I not I'm not like protecting his identity. He's like a lawyer named Joe Smith now. He was, so he, was he like, was he like ages 21 through 35? <laughs> he was ages 21 through 35. He was between five feet nine and six okay. feet one. Yeah, I know, uh, I know that joke. Yeah, Joe Smith. <laughs> so he's, he's like a great, super, he was like, we would all play poker together and he was just like the funniest dude and he started doing stand up and everyone was like, well, you're always, like you've always been been a funny guy you wanted to do this go do it so I one night I made I was like how do you do it and he was like you gotta call this number and then you're gonna show up on Sunday and I was like alright so, so I did and it was like, like a party line yeah it was it, it's exactly, it was like, <laughs> press one to start comedy <laughs> so I did and then I so I started doing the open mics and I would hang out with Joe and like meet some other friends and um and that's that was like how I got my feet wet was just going to these open mics and he did it he started a little bit before me and then we did it at the same time for about a year and then he was kind of like you know this isn't for me I don't like the idea he didn't I 
don't want to speak for him, but I'm going to. He didn't like the idea of like, oh, you gotta hang out and like kiss someone's ass yeah. to get booked, and like you have to, your material has to like fit their standards. It can't just like work and be good on your own merits. So he had like no stomach for that. It was just like I'm out. And then he went to law school, got married, has a kid, uh, has like a whole life. <laughs> oh, so he, he never can. He could never circle back. To never circle back. It was just like he's just like the funniest dude. That is also yeah. a lawyer. I know. I know people who are like the most talented MCs who just yeah. They were just like either by being boxed out or like whatever, just not not even wanting to pursue it anymore. Yep. They just went to live normal lives. Yeah. And they're still brilliantly talented because like on a dime drop the most incredible shit. Yeah. Just like I don't really stop is, for. Is me. that Cincinnati people or New York people or just um, all over? Well, North Carolina people. Like in North Carolina was where I mainly cut my teeth musically, so I, I knew a lot of dudes out there rapping. Sure. Some Cincinnati people too. But um, it's funny, like you're like Joe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can hear the air quotes Joe. in your voice. <laughs> but he's he's not lying. Like there's this social component to yeah. entertainment that yep. it's physically draining yeah. unless you're like like prepared for it and steeled for it yep. at all moments. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's something different about like coming to a coffee shop and hanging out. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to like boon out with your donuts yeah. last week, I was like I was, I was telling my girl, like, yo, okay, so this is pretty much, like, work. Yeah. It's just work. Like, I was hanging out, drinking, having a good time, and I ended up on stage hosting. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a thing where they're comfortable enough with me doing that kind of shit, and I'm comfortable enough doing it where it just happened. But even if you didn't get up on stage, yep. it kind of would have been work. Yeah, because... That's, like, a weird... I was just telling my girlfriend, and I, I don't think I ever acknowledged it out loud. I just assumed... Like, you know there are things that are in your head and you just assume everyone is operating from the same premise? Like, everybody hates Funyuns, right? Like, why are there even Funyuns? And I love Funyuns, by the way. See, that's the thing. I just, I said I that love at work last week. I said something about Funyuns and someone was like, you know, I really like Funyuns. And I was like, I didn't know that there were people that did. I was literally just, like, the other day I was walking and I was just like, like, randomly, in, in the middle of silence, we're just like... Funyuns are fucking amazing. See, so that's the other thing, right? You're like, <laughs> why would anyone not like Funyuns? So, I, but I know why people wouldn't like. My, I know that I'm the underdog. I know that. That's how I, my, said I have to defend. That's my how my girlfriend is with pickles. She uh, she hates pickles, and I'm like, I love pickles, but they're so specific yeah, that pic- I can see. Pickles are a recent like for me. Okay. Just like iced coffee. Just like a lot of things. <laughs> I, I came to Onions late. I was never an onion person. Until. How recently? Probably five years? Two years. Two years two for years pickles? For no, onions. Oh, two, two years, years for, ago onions. for onions. Yeah. Oh. I, start, I, I became really big on salads. Yep. And I was like, well, lettuce and carrots are kind of boring. Yeah. I need things onion, in this. Yeah, an onion will And I'm not a dressing stuff. person. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I, I, don't, I like vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. I don't like any sort of like white. Like a creamy sauce. Yeah. I don't fuck with that shit. So I was like... Outside of the vinaigrette, what else can I put in this? Yeah, onions onion. other shit. And onion will do it. All right, but yeah, we were. Um, so, oh, so, so something that was in my head was like, and I just vote voice to my girlfriend, and who I think was surprised uh, because I never said it before. But I was like, oh yeah, when I go to a show, I prefer to hang out with other people that are on the show until I've gone on. Right. Because there's just like that understanding of like you'll walk in and out of conversations. Yo. You. You're in that mind space of like you're probably just gonna be talking about the show or like you you don't have to like uh, if if my girlfriend comes to a show I am like so happy that she's there and I want to spend time with her um, but if she has friends there it's like a, it's 
uh, it takes you out of that headspace to be like, yeah. hello, how have you guys been? Like, what's what's going on in your career in uh, book publishing or medical science? You know what I mean? And it's funny, I changed, I, so the last podcast I just released was uh, right after the show in Albany, mm-hmm. and I changed the intro because I discussed literally just that. Oh, and no I way. Did, I didn't want the the promoter or anybody to feel like I was being like sideways about the show. Oh, sure. But since we're talking about it. Yes. And it's on the mic. Like, so the show was in like this kind of like cavernous area with no green room. Mm-hmm. So that meant you just, it was just general. Like, I kind of staged myself at the back of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was still like this this kind of component of just like milling about. Yeah. Hanging out. Mm-hmm. People just like, yo, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you appreciate people coming up to talk to you, but you yes. also... And this happens, it's prevalent at any show, especially mm-hmm. when you gotta work the merch booth or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's this thing where you have to, you have to like shut off who you are normally and yes. get on stage and be who you yeah, are yeah, yeah. abnormally. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like be like the character. That focused. And in Albany, the person that got on stage was not. Was just regular you. It was regular me. <laughs> I was saying like on the podcast, I was like, I had a plate of uh, lemon pepper chicken wings. Yep. They were delicious. I had like a bullet bourbon, yep. it was delicious. And I didn't leave that table. Like, I just literally was like they just brought the microphone to that table. And was like, okay, do a show now. And, you're and I'm like, oh, well, the wings were delicious. Yeah. There was no banter between songs. It was just kind of like, <laughs> it, like the one point, like Vaughn. And the other thing too is that I, I have in a group, so mm-hmm. I'm able to just kind of fall back when I'm in that mood. Vaughn was just like on tens, so he was like, Yo, oh, what up, how y'all feeling? And the, there was one intermission where he just like went to take a drink and left me standing there. And, then you were just and I was done. just like. <laughs> I, I was bullshit you not. I literally said, hey, I have nothing. Let's just go to the next song. <laughs> That's so funny. I know exactly what you mean. And it's like, and it's not anything, like it's maybe the only 30 minutes yeah. of, you know, of the day or the week where I like would prefer not to be around my real life friends. Right. And that's why, yo, I hate hate, hate home shows for that reason. Yeah. Like, when I go to Cincinnati mm-hmm. to do a show and it's just like, my friends come to the show and we gotta hang. Even New York to a certain extent. Like, I, like this, this hanging out yeah. thing that happens and then it's just like, and like, okay, you gotta get on stage. You literally are like, all right, I'll be back, Josh. I'm gonna go rap yeah. now. And then right. you're looking at me. I'm like, well, this is the same There's conversation. No, yeah. And then there's the other hand, though, I love to hang out after, yeah. but then everybody wants to go to bed. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Show, hey, go into the show. They'll, they'll show up early. They're occasionally, like, I have a couple of friends that I'll be like, okay, let's get dinner before the show. We'll go somewhere else. We'll eat a burger. We'll come to the show, and then I'll kind of break off. Right. That's fine. But the, just the idea of, like, we're all hanging out, then I go up here, and like you just said, like, yeah. I'm the same guy. And it's, it's hard to even, because, like, especially for me anyway, my rap act is very much just this. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just my thoughts are really condensed and really, like, more, more, more uh, concentrated. Mm-hmm. So I'll say the same thing, but with less words. Yeah. But when I get on stage and I don't shake it off, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm just... Now. <laughs> right, and there has to be like that propulsion behind them, that, that like, because otherwise, why would you say those words again in that order? Right, said them like a million right. times. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to get into that point of like, I have to communicate this, because that's like, I was on stage last night, and I, I think it was last night. I had a couple minutes left, and I just thought like, what do I want to leave this audience on? Uh, and and I was like, what what about what of these words I've said a million times even feels worth saying? Yeah, <laughs> at this yeah, point. yeah. And yo, and that's like so. We, I've been on stage before, and I've literally thought, I've literally thought doing a song like, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> 
Like, yeah. I don't even like this fucking song yeah. anymore. But, I mean, tomorrow it may be amazing, but like, it's just in that moment. Right it's just now. like, basically like the, the little the little devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Sometimes he just he just literally is like, fuck the angel. We're, yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. This is all me. Just, so, just drink that bourbon and yell at the audience. <laughs> it's like, we just got to get through this song. Mm-hmm. Just got to get through this. But so, like, when, doing, when you're doing comedy stand-up stuff, when you're... I guess the, the prepping for a show, like the 30 yeah. minutes before a show and also on stage when it's a show. Like, I guess I don't see, I've done stand-up once. And yeah. I haven't done it enough time, enough time to have like worked out bits. Sure, sure. You know, like the rhythm and pacing of doing it. But it almost, it feels like it's just so natural. Like the way, the, the way I, I, I can't really articulate the question, but the sure. way rap songs, like when you're performing yeah. rap songs, you can, just stop rapping and let the beat do something. Yeah. But when it's comedy, you can do that, but there's no... That's There's true. nothing behind it, so people are just kind of like, what, what, what are you but doing But if you're... If, like, so what I'm saying is, if, if that person, if that hater takes over, yeah. if that devil takes over, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you pull out from it? You I, know what I'm saying? I think it's... Or do you just lean into it? Sometimes you do lean into it, for sure. Like, instead of... It's it's different. I mean, you always have to be talking, <laughs> but if instead of letting... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Instead of letting the beat ride out, right? Like, instead of... Dropping the verse and letting the beat play. It's like drop the act and then just talk about what's going on, riff, uh, ask somebody in the crowd. You know what I mean? Just like engage or just say what you just thought. You know, like I got on stage last night and uh, my friend Maron was hosting the show, Maron Kagani, who's so funny, but he gave me like this long, rambly intro where he like told a really gross story about <laughs> himself. He talked, and then he talked, and then, this is a separate story, this is not the gross part, and then he talked about coming out to his mom, and... and, and All then, in your intro? Yeah. It wasn't like... So he goes, <laughs> this next comedian, and then he tells this long story about himself. This next comedian? Yeah. Reminds and, me of the time I came out to my mom. Exactly. And so it was this long thing, and I I talked about that and it felt like a lot more you know I was just goofing because he's, yeah. he's a friend and it didn't sound like I was shitting on him which I wasn't uh, but that's like the thing I it was like a small crowd and I wasn't feeling like okay here are the jokes <laughs> and so it was nice to just like settle into it that way and then I think it helps to talk about the stuff that is either new material or like feels if it's old material feels like you're in that headspace to do. Right. Like, I have jokes about my girlfriend that aren't brand new. They're eight months old, but, like, they're still how I feel, so they're easy to tell. Yeah. To be yeah. like, this is this is the thing I've been thinking about. So it's almost like, it's like it's like records. It's like mm-hmm. a song. Like, I know you put out an album. I'm going to get yeah, to that yeah, in a minute. Yeah. But it's almost like your, your bits and your jokes are like records. Yeah. Like, like songs in the same way. Me and me and Vaughn might be putting together a set. Like, you want to do so damn damn? And I'm like, nah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely. You, I go. You know, I'm not feeling this tonight. Like, I don't yeah. feel the one where uh, I have to talk about a job I don't have anymore that I used to. Right. Do. Or I don't feel the one where it's like very cynical. Or I don't feel the one that's like really upbeat. Uh, and then you just like let it let it go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I, I feel like it's probably the same way with with songs, right? Yeah. Um... It is. In a lot of ways, I never really do my soul material, mm-hmm. just because I've never, I've, I don't have, I have, don't have the same relationship to it as Tanya Morgan. Sure. Like my soul stuff feels a lot more like just diary, like journaling. Mm-hmm. Well, that the Don Speaks yeah. project you put out last uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of, it's like very personal, not in like a like here's oh, I'm opening my, my heart with, but it's like very small 
Like, wasn't there one about real estate? Or there was one about, um, <laughs> basically my building got sold. Yeah. And it was about uh, housing music. Yeah. It's about just and, the gentrification piece and all And that. that's so, like, specific yeah. and personal. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can I can imagine feeling that like not wanting to be like all right now I'm going to talk about how my apartment's it's, fucked up on the, stage. Yeah, like exactly. Like, so that record, Don speaks. I was going through some housing shit. I was a break like in the time yeah. between the album being recorded and released, there was a breakup that happened. So like even on the record, you hear like my girlfriend left me. Like it's just cool. like so some of that shit is like I don't fucking want to do it because I'm not there anymore. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Of course. But there are songs that are just. Kind of like fun enough, whimsical, yep. like ape shit. We do ape shit. Yeah, ape shit. Super it's a good fun. time. We do rap game funny names. It's a good mm-hmm. time. But it's just like certain certain songs. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Shit. Yeah. I'm not in the headspace. You can listen to it on the record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that totally makes sense. Speaking of records, though. Yeah. Let's talk about it because the the thing that the funny thing is that me and you have a person in common when it comes to records. yeah that's how we met was because <laughs> the guy that put out it was Tanya Morgan or, yeah, yeah, or the early Tanya Morgan Nattie, records, yeah. right and uh, I put out my comedy album with Rooftop Comedy yeah. Productions and so he, and he's great yo Dom is literally he's my fa- one of my favorite people he's the, oh, I, the I, best. Went, I went to Sketchfest and I just saw him you you guys texted me right yeah yeah that's so funny he texted me the next night <laughs> with somebody of my buddy Zach Sherwin too he's okay, like word, he's word. the Best. I, I have to get back out there. I just yeah. like him. You, so you didn't go to Sketchfest? I was I was going to, and then my job changed a little bit, and I had to stay in the office. Okay, so um, yeah. Are you still you still doing um, John Oliver? Yeah. So I'm right. I'm writing for the show. Last year I did all the web stuff, and then this oh, year now you're writing. I'm writing for the show. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. I saw you guys just got picked up for uh, a two season. Yeah, 2017. 2017. It's like very exciting. It's very wonderful. Yo, and John is a wonderful dude. He's I an love excellent man. John. Okay. What were you about to say? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you, you got to rid of my viewer. Put a pin in it. I was going to say. I know mine. John literally gassed me up one day. We were at a Super Bowl party. Yeah. And he was just, I said something. He was like, yo, you're one of the funniest people I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay. If I never do anything, yeah, that's, like that's a great. I want to, fr- I want to like take that and frame it. I want him to like type it up and frame it. Like a letter <laughs> Have from him John. sign it underneath. <laughs> he said, "This is uh, early on when I was working uh, at the show. I was, I, he just stopped me in the hall and said, uh, oh, I saw Donwell at a party and he says hello.' And 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 then I texted you exactly. and, then, and that like closed the circuit and I was like." This guy's legit. <laughs> Yo, he's one of the most genuine, wonderful people my, I know. My he's best, super delightful. My best friend could tell me to say hello to my other best friend, <laughs> and I would forget. Like, that's, that's the level that I'm he working He may on. be nicer than you. I, certainly. I mean, he's certainly more... He, the stakes are like he could certainly afford to be less nice. Than yeah, he yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like like for, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like <laughs> this is. I need this <laughs> any day now. It's gonna yeah. just work. Okay. Everyone, and then I steamroll everybody. I, I, I've made it. It's time to be me. Everybody's like you. I don't need you. 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 But um, <laughs> that's yeah. It's a wonderful place to work. I'm very happy to be there. Yeah, because I know that um, coming from the Daily Show, like hanging out with Wyatt, he would tell me like how wonderful, like just. The, the environment there was just super cool. Mm-hmm. It was like a super chill, um, creative space. Yeah. So it's kind of like that over there. I, yeah, I like it a lot. It's every, I, everybody is, uh, everybody's super talented. Everybody is really hardworking, and everybody's yeah. really nice. And it's like 
most places you don't get, no matter what you do professionally, yeah. you don't get all of that. Like if you're if you're a mechanic, you're not working with all great, nice, hardworking mechanics. Right, right. You're a teacher. You're not. Goodness knows, I used to be a teacher. Yo, you don't always work with. We great, have that. We'll yeah, talk about yeah, that too. <laughs> you don't always work with cool, hardworking, talented teachers. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people are, but then you there. There's always like, or often, there are some people where you're like, man, if this guy weren't around, this would be great. Right. <laughs> so uh, you you look forward to work every I day. Do. I do. A like friend of mine, um, Tracy at BuzzFeed. Yeah. You know her. I love Tracy. Yeah. Yeah, it's homie. She um she tweeted the other day. It might have been the day she was just like, man, I took a day off from work and I really feel like I should be at work. I hate missing work. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is the first job I've ever had where I feel like that. Yeah. And I thought like, I've never had a job <laughs> in my life. Where I was like, I may have been excited about a particular day, yeah. but never like on an off day. I'm like, sure wish I was at work yeah, right man. now. <laughs> if I were at work, everything would be cool. Man, this laying in bed till noon shit, whack. It's so <laughs> whack. I just feel like I'm not, I don't have that fun work, work vibe <laughs> that I crave. The BuzzFeed offices are really cool. That's like another group of people. Yeah. I mean, there are so they many people there now where I imagine they're like a few. Yes, they don't all... It's not all one crew, right? But there, there are so many cool people there. It seems like everybody I've met from BuzzFeed, they yeah. really, a, they love their job and like, they're just really cool, intelligent, fun yeah. people. You know I what mean, I'm saying? At that show that you came through, that Tracy yeah. was at hanging out, there were Nori uh, uh, Davidson's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where I was in, I was uh, the mechanic in <laughs> Gene Gray's band. Yep. Tracy. <laughs> And Heaven were there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my Joel. first time meeting Heaven. Oh, I, she's great. And she's I met like the Joel best. in person. And Joel was yeah. there, yeah. And Joel um, was the guest on the show, and they came out to support him, which yeah. is like, what a nice thing when your work friends support your non-work person. Right. I feel like, especially in New York, you know, you know how you know how in New York there's this thing where everybody has this thing they do outside yeah, of their job. Yeah, for sure. It's certain jobs that just allow you to be that thing you want to be outside your job, yep. at your job. Yeah. So it's almost like, Tracy's a writer, you want to be a writer, you want to do pod, like yeah. radio stuff, do it. Yeah. Just go and do it's it. Awesome. And they want you to run and do it. Like even Rembrandt, when you look at him like doing yeah. it, it's just like, do what you do. And that shit is super cool. It is really nice. Yeah. I, I think hopefully we're moving towards like a, an art and... Uh, like art, journalism, all that kind of stuff, but specifically art and entertainment, where there's more places where people just go, hey, you're an artist, I trust you, you do right. what you do, and we'll put some wings on it, which I feel like is what BuzzFeed has done for yeah, a lot definitely. of really cool people. And um, I'm trying to, th- I mean, like, just the idea of like HBO, where the show that I work at is like the show John wants to do, or like Girls is what Lena Dunham wants to do. Right. And HBO just gives them a big microphone and shiny. Camera. And the people that they hire to do the things yeah. with them is like, I, I see you have a passion for something you love to do that kind of aligns with my thing. Do you mind exerting some yeah. energy here? And we, I would love to see you flourish on your yeah. thing too. It's so, so good. It's like this super organic kind of like groundswell of creative people. It's really people. nice. When I, I used to tutor. That was like my day job. Well, I taught preschool for a while, and I was tutoring in Boston at the same time. And then when I came here, my, I transferred my tutoring job to the New York office, and all the people here were like crazy brilliant people that had all this other stuff going. Like uh, one woman that I worked with was like mounting this production of Paradise Lost that she had adapted herself. And then there's like a concert flautist, uh, this one at Martha, <laughs> the one, like Pals Vib. And yeah. we haven't, like, it's been 
literal years that we've been like, man, I would love to go see one of your concerts. And she's like, I should come see you do stand-up. And it's been like that, but we both mean it, but it's both like, it's, it's just, there's just, so much yeah. stuff here. It's a, and there's a lot going on between both of you probably, yeah. right? You just can't make it. But the fact that there's a genuine interest, yeah. like it's almost like if somebody, like in this conversation, if you would have said that and I was like, well, I want to go see a flowers. Like, yeah, yeah, go yeah. See her. Like, yeah, it, for sure. It, it, it feeds itself. The machine yeah. feeds itself. And it's it's one of those things too where like I feel like when someone has, does a creative thing and it's like I would like to see your thing, it's yeah. it's easier to communicate and easier to behave than it is like if it's when I used to teach and the teachers that I worked with were like we want to come see one of your shows then they would come and I was so grateful but it was also like what we were talking about earlier it's like a project of like hello do you have seats like you know right. what I mean like oh you got the you, you're already drunk okay <laughs> this is fine they're teachers they're definitely drunk yeah, as soon as we're for sure over. they I did a show they have to be asleep by like fucking 10 o'clock so they have to be drunk by 4 <laughs> right drunk by 4 right, out at 2.30 just shots shots as the kids are getting on the bus they're like oh we, we did um, I did a show Oh, like a couple months after I started at this old preschool. So years, this is 2007, like winter 2007. And I did this show, five minute walk from the preschool that I worked at. And the teachers Oh came. shit. Yeah. And it was a- You should have brought the kids. <laughs> like <laughs> was, I can see them all holding hands. They were, <laughs> the kids were the sweetest. They, so it was like at night, but it was at a, it was, my friend was recording a CD and I was opening for him and the, it was at a, an art center that was mostly for people who are in recovery or and like there was addiction counseling oh, wow. there as well. Yeah, so it was like creative people that were in recovery and then like people who had just started recovery looking for like an outlet and like a community. So that's the place that it was at and my friend Jack who is recording the album is now uh, an addiction counselor as well as a comedian. And so that's, it's just like an interest that he had. And so it was there and they came in with like preschool like my the principal and the other teachers with like Dunkin Donuts coffees with like Baileys like to the top and I was like you can't drink here like you know what I mean and that's like they came to have a party right they came to a party because this is like a night out because they're teachers that are going to see a comedy show not like not like um like a, a musician who's like, cool, I'm gonna see your right. hustle they're, and then you come see my hustle. They're literally, come, it's, it's the, the one night of the week they probably right. went out, maybe right, right, the right. month. Yeah, they and I don't, I don't wanna shit. sound like I'm talking down to them, it just makes no, it like, no. there's an extra level of communication that you have to do where it's like, no, you can't drink here. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> this is a space that, that we've been graciously allowed to perform in for yeah. this evening. And like you can't ruin it by drinking here. Right. There was an AA meeting here an hour ago. Just the irony of that. Yeah. Oh, it was. And it was like this is the first social thing I'd ever done with those people too. It was, just it was like, like, well, oh, I won't God. be socializing. Yeah. With you guys. No, they're all amazing. I mean, they're yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But it was like, oh, this is like a. I forgot that this could happen. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I never do. Um, so yeah, that was that. That was when I just started teaching. Yo. I know I haven't done listener letters in a while, but I'm stockpiling them, saving them up for that special day I'll read them all on air. If you want yours included, hit me up at bwnpodcast at gmail.com. And it can be about anything. If you need some advice, want to give me a compliment, or want to tell me what you'd like to see on the show, hit me up. Let's get interactive. You know what I'm saying? I really want you to feel like this is our show. I've been in a group my entire career. Of course I don't mind sharing. When I was teaching, yeah. I didn't tell anyone I did music. Like, 
uh, my, my was blog. Was this in North Carolina? Uh, no, this was actually in um, uh, D.C. Okay. I taught in D.C., yeah. Right on. Oh, right, right, right. I knew that. Yeah. So I, had, I started a blog then. Mm-hmm. And um, on my blog, when I first got my teaching job, I yeah. started, like, the, day, the first day of my job, I started blogging. Yeah. And the blog, like, the first year of my blog is insane because it's just, like, it shows me... At work, trying not to tell people about my music. Yeah, so I have this like vibrant music thing yeah. happening. I'm getting like vinyl in the mail, but I go to work, <laughs> and I remember one. There were two teachers who I shared it with. Yep, two like kind of like dude hip hop fan yeah. teachers. And there was one show. It was my friend Spec Boogie, Big Daddy Kane, and MF Doom were performing. Yeah, and, uh, at Nokia Theater or some shit or some theater. Yep, and. Just randomly in the break room, I was just like, I was just like going back and forth in my head about not being there. And one of the dudes like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Man, there's a show tonight that I could perform at." And he was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "You know, I do music." He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "But well, my friends performing with Big Daddy Kane and MF Doom," and like literally, he was just like, "You have to go." Yeah. Like, why aren't you going? And I was yeah. just like, "I gotta go. I gotta be here in the morning. I'll have to get up there and back." He's like, "You have a car. Just stay awake all night. Just, why aren't you going?" And I was like, "I'm." I would be like a guest. It wouldn't be my whole set. It was like, I'm like, this is not worth the trip. But in that moment, you could tell, like, I'm not talking down about him. In that moment, no, no, you could no. tell it was like that thing where he was like, yo, I have, I wish I had something that was yes, that important for to me. sure. So, you know, like, and, and like ever since that day, like, when I, I quit in a blaze of glory, by the way, I'm not going to like, go, <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I quit on some shit where I was like, I, I got a new job, spring break hit. The day after spring break, I put in my two weeks and just literally, I mean, I was still there for the kids, but I was cruise control. Oh, sure. I was like, oh, I, I yeah, might as yeah, well yeah. have a middle finger walking through the hallways right. for the rest of the, for the rest of the year. But staff meeting? I don't think so. <laughs> mm, nah. nah, nah. I would go to the staff meeting and literally just not pay attention. Just, like, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that was like the one time where you know when I shared what I what I what I was yeah. interested in, like. And then and the, uh, after the two-week notice, I started sharing with other people, the yeah. other teachers, too. And they were all like, oh, my God, you're, like, this amazing person. And we didn't know about it. We would love to support you. And I'm just like, yeah, but I think that in my mind, mentally, it would have been that same, like, guided hand-holding process yeah. throughout my work day. Sure. I do not, I didn't want to do Oh, it, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, kids like, yo, spit around, Mr. Freeman. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm not. Because there are some teachers, I know some teachers that integrate their, right. mm-hmm. and it's, it's done wonderfully, but you yeah. have to have that personality. I don't right. have to. And you, right, you have to want to bridge that yeah. gap. And I... And also, not to cut you off, but no, also please. you have to want to be, like, they want to be a teacher as much as they want yes. to be a musician. Yes, I think that's totally true. So I didn't want to be a teacher at all. It was accidental. <laughs> and part of the reason why I left, I, I left teaching to get a different job, like just a different nine to five, yeah. because I was like, I'm not giving my, I'm not devoting my life to these children or their well-being, and I'm an important part of their development. Right. And it felt like, it just felt criminal and bad. Mm-hmm. And I would look at teachers who had nothing else other than teaching, and I'm just like, and some of them that just didn't care about that, it was just a job for some of them. Yeah. And that was probably like, it, 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 it was the most heartbreaking that shit is really ever. Heartbreaking. When, yeah. when I taught, I would say, Almost everyone, maybe everyone, was like, no, I was there for four years. Oh, wow. Almost everyone was great. Like, yeah. the teachers wanted to be teachers. They were like, we're here for this. And I, I felt I had the same thing. I was like, I'm kind of a tourist. Like, this is my job. And I want to do a good job while I'm here. But I'm not like, well, this is my uh, binder of lesson plans. I'm going to do this every year. And I'm going <laughs> to add to it. And I'll modify it because this is like... This is what I'm going to... I want to do this. And this is what I'm invested in. So I'd do a good job when I was there. But then it would be like... Uh, I was very, like, haphazard. And I got a lot of leeway. Because I did a couple things that the other teachers didn't 
want to do yeah. or didn't think they could do. So like I would write the holiday play every year. So okay. around and then I would write of the graduation ceremony. Of yeah, course you would. Great. It was like <laughs> it was your so first fun. writing gig. Yeah, my first writing gig. I wrote uh, for a cast of twenty-four year olds. Keep your humility. Just yeah. be humble about it. So, all right. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, like, I'm not trying to. I don't know if you know my work, my early work, but it was uh, it was really fun, and that yeah. was like the kind of thing that I could go. Okay, that I. They didn't do that until I was working there. And then right. I was like, oh, what if we did this? And they were like, great. And so instead of being the one that was like, hey, I, I went through art books all weekend and came up with this great art project that's like a science and art thing, I would go, okay, let's um, let's uh, do this play. Or let's have the kids tell a story and I'll write down what they say and they can illustrate it and then we'll have a book that's what the kids... You know, it was all very narrative and very... Uh, Lazy. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> that's, that's, but you married it enough. I did. Like, I, I, I run it a little bit. I refuse to marry it at I all. I totally like, understand. To the point that. where when somebody would come to my office and like, 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 because I was online at that point, and like yeah. one of the students came in like, "Yo, you do music?" And I was just like, "Get out of my office." Yeah. Like, it was almost like he called <laughs> yeah. me having sex. Like, get, get out. Get out. Like, what uh, you <laughs> when the first guy calls Don Draper Dick Whitman, yeah. and he's like, "You can't know about this." <laughs> like, he pulls him in. It's just like, if you say a goddamn word. <laughs> but what I did, what I found myself doing, honestly, was taking a liking to, like, the really bad kids. Yeah. And, like, the ones that were just kind of, like, the other teachers didn't really like. They would, yeah. come, they would have to come to my office anyway. Yep. So we would just be in there. And I was always kind of, I would wear sneakers to work and yeah, shit. Yeah, sure. be kind of, not really fly, but, like, like, like shit the kids were interested in. Like, oh, yeah. shit, you got those Jordans. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. And I, then, like, we would, like, spark a conversation about that. So... They knew I was somewhat cool. Right. I was also the administrative assistant, and not the. I, oh. I taught one class, so. Nice. I taught. Um, I, I substitute taught in Cincinnati before I went to, mm-hmm. to DC, though. So that was where most of my teaching back yeah, then yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did do um, kindergarten once. Yeah, I did pre-K, so it was like one. I did. I did preschool too. Pre-K was that's I taught three to five year olds, and they were great. They just want to hug, man. They're so cute. <laughs> you know, that's it. So. I had I, what you were saying about the bad kids. Yeah, it was yeah. really funny because I worked with almost all women. I worked with one guy for a few months, and then he left to go to grad school. Ladies then, man. Well, it's just that's who's there. <laughs> yeah, it's a ladies man. I picked an industry where ladies no man. men ever work. I was a ladies man, and I wrote, I wrote like all these plays. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, I wrote several plays. Uh, <laughs> Lived a rock and roll lifestyle rock before rock comedy. I don't, I don't. I had to leave that all behind and, and take a more stable career because you just can't pay the bills writing plays for twenty-four year olds. So. Um, um, oh, so it was uh, usually twenty-four-year-olds, not twenty. Not twenty-four-year-olds, <laughs> right? Not like, um, not like young. Not act, the number not twenty-four, like but Teller. twenty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes, number twenty children. So the oh, was like, oh, so the I worked with all almost all women, and they always had more patience for like the little boys that would like hit each other in the face, yeah. whereas I'd just be like, knock it off. Don't do that. <laughs> but they could not handle my specialty and was uh, when little girls would have tantrums. Like a little four-year-old girl that was just wanted a green crayon and couldn't have the one she wanted and would just cry for half an hour. Oh, man. Inconsolably. And I would, you'd have to take her side and you just sit, uh, you know, cross-legged on the floor. Just like, I know. I know it's so sad. I know it's so, when it's, it hurts when you can't have what you want. And I know that. <laughs> Just screaming and crying. And I would just sit there for hours. And my co-teacher, uh, Krista, who I worked with basically all four years I was there, she was like, how do you do that? Yeah, just, can you like, give me parenting tips? And I go, I said, when you're a straight guy, you just get used to girls crying. <laughs> 
that's like a part of your life. You like you learn that like sometimes because like if you're a straight woman, yeah. Sometimes you deal with that with your friends. You get used to guys but, punching each other right, over you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you don't get you don't hear a guy like. Those are the problems. Like your, I guess yeah. your girlfriends cry, but they like cry to you, not at you. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like some used to being cried at. Yeah. And uh, so that I, I really think, and not in a gross way, just in a way that like, oh yeah, I have this experience being cried at, like people being so upset that they're crying, and you have to weather it or solve it, and that's. Uh, and, and so that was like kind of my specialty also where like they would the little boy like because I would just like I would just be so frustrated because a kid would hit another kid with a truck and it was like I wanted to be like, oh you're such a piece of shit which yeah. you can't say <laughs> yeah you can't he's not he's you just can. like frustrated and doesn't have other skills or knows he can get what he wants by hitting and you know that's uh, bad but it, you can't just yell at them and, but whereas like with a tantrum I was just so I, that like brings out even as even with adult people, when someone is like really in a like a tantrumy state, that like call, I I like get really zen, and I'm just like, it's gonna be all right. This is what's happening right now. We'll deal with it. What about when you're in a tantrumy state? Do you I, can I don't you zen get, yourself out? I don't. Uh, I get like you're, anxious. I don't. It doesn't like spill uh, out. Yeah. So I have to like remind myself that I'm I'm not a, like a very um, I I wish I could release emotions better. Oh, so you like. One day you're just gonna like, like burst. That might be true. Yeah, but I mean, because like, well, I'll just like it's not. Like big trouble, little China with emotions. Just yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> I will. That's but that's like how I. I don't feel like I'm bottling stuff up. Like yeah. I'm. It's not an active choice to be like. Well, I won't talk about it. But it like won't. Like when I was saying, I just told my girlfriend that I sometimes prefer to talk to people on the show before a show. It like doesn't. I forget that if it's before a show and we're talking and having a drink and then I'm like, I need to disengage and get in the right state of mind, it's like okay for me to say that. Yeah, and yeah. I like forget that that's true. Okay. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm like. But like, it comes out in weird ways. Like I get really emotional at sports and art. <laughs> like I'll watch a movie where like someone triumphs over adversity and just like, te- not like sobbing, but like tears and I'm just like, yeah. I'm just so proud that that Slumdog became a millionaire. It like doesn't matter what I'm so easily manipulated. Modern Family, at least every second or third episode makes me cry. Really? Like the, I've, the, I've never watched that much of it. The, it's, it's not even that that like emotional of a show. Sure. But like the end where they're just like, you know, every family has its problems. Yeah. Oh, some of blah, some of this. But our family is this. Like I've literally like had to just stop the TV and just like, like. There was one sob. There was yeah. one time I was oh, like, yeah. I just sobbed uncontrollably. I, I will tear up in a <laughs> but way that... only that show. Yeah. There are other oh, that's shows. that's so funny. Actually, not when they put uh, Friends on Netflix. Yep. And the, You're uh, just so happy that you started I, crying. I watched, like, the last few episodes. Yeah. And, like, the scene where Rachel and Ross get together, I was just like... That's oh, a lot. I've seen this shit years. a million times. That's oh, 10 God. years just building up. Um, the, Which is why I'm not a good hardcore rapper, because I cry <laughs> <laughs> It's you and then Drake of Cried in Friends. Drake, uh, Drake has opened up the new lane for me. I think he has. He, I think Drake, Drake is the first guy who could admit you could do it. Could admit to being on record. You should do it before he does. To crying with friends. I'm gonna have a song called Friends. It's gonna be about crying when Rachel yeah. and Ross get together. No new friends. It's just about watching old episodes of Yo, Friends no. and crying. <laughs> No new friends is about how sad he is that the show. Yeah, that the show's no new episodes of Friends. Um, but 
but yeah, I mean, I watch the, but I'll, I'll get like really uh, emotional about like big sports moments. Um, yes. Are you into sports? I am into sports. Any one in particular? I'm like the Boston teams. I'm okay, more yeah. Into, we're like, from, yeah, Boston. So I watched kind of, yeah. the Super Bowl and the, so backstory is my grandmother passed away recently. Oh, wow. Sorry. That. That's okay. Thank you. Um, and the last thing that she enjoyed or seemed to enjoy while she was sick was watching Patriots play. So she oh. was in, she'd be in the hospital and she would watch on the hospital TV. I like got her a Tom Brady jersey and we hung it up under the TV in the hospital. And like I knew she was never gonna wear it. I just got it as like a gift to cheer her up and like so yeah, she yeah. could have a nice thing. And uh, so I got her this jersey and um, she put off her, she legit put off her chemo to walk because she knew if she had the chemo on a Thursday she'd be too sick to watch the game Thursday night so she was like what does it matter do start the chemotherapy on Friday so I can watch the game on Thursday like that was because it was the only thing that was right. bringing her yeah I mean the family brought her comfort and happiness it was, but it was her thing it was her yeah, thing it was the thing yeah. that she could have that she could go that I want that you know right. and like I mean my parents visit my dad visited her my mom visited her my uh uncles and aunts visited and, the, and my sister and I and other family and that brought her joy but that was kind of like when they when people came they came but the football was like the thing she could look forward to and know it was going to yeah, happen it yeah, was like yeah. her connection to the world it felt like to me and so I got her this jersey and um, she passed away this sounds like such a ridiculous thing she passed away in the middle of the football season <laughs> so uh, she didn't she didn't see the end of the season so I passed she legitimately my aunt said when she when my grandmother passed she said we, we what do they want to send her in an outfit to get cremated she wanted to be cremated my aunt said well let's send her with the jersey that was like kind of the last thing that she was really into and I think that would be meaningful and it meant something to my aunt so everyone just said sure why not she was cremated with the Tom Brady jersey which is like the most Massachusetts yo <laughs> right so they, my mother texted me that and, and a she, cup of Dunkin Donuts coffee <laughs> a cup of Dunkin Donuts coffee <laughs> that's exactly that's it it's like that level so I was like it was very emotional for me like my mom texted me she said man we're sending an be cremated with the Tom Brady jersey that you got her and I was very emotional I told I drove home the next day for the funeral I told my parents I said to my dad uh, whose mother it was I said I got mom's text and I just uh, about the jersey I just started crying because I'd spent like a hundred dollars on that jersey yeah. <laughs> and that's what I said to my dad and we you know we left it was just like a very emotional time we're I, didn't just, wanna, sorry. I didn't want to bring it up I was like I would be kind of upset about yeah. my fucking jersey being yeah. burned and, but I was like, like you know maybe. it meant something to her it meant something yeah. to my aunt so I was like totally happy I was I wasn't gonna ask for it back. I, I left the tags on. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't leave the tags on. So she. So the end of the Super Bowl, the um, curse. The Seahawks receiver caught the ball on like the six, and it looked like they were gonna win. And I was just. It was like. It felt like a personal defeat. And I know it feels like a personal defeat to a lot of people that are really into sports. But I had this thing with my grandmother all wrapped up into it that I didn't even consider. I was at my girlfriend's apartment until like an hour before the game and then I went over to a friend's place because she had to work and so I went over to a friend's place and as I was leaving I was like oh I feel emotional like I hadn't yeah, yeah. thought about it and I was like this is an emotional thing and she was like and Maris is very comforting and very kind she's a wonderful person and uh, but then at the end of the game I, my dad texted me like we were texting about it the whole time and then the um Butler got the interception, came across the middle, got the interception, and I like started crying. And it was like it wasn't. You even, were in a room full of people. Or you in a room girl? full of people. Okay. No, no, no. I was. She wasn't even there. 
I was just like with, and I hadn't told anybody anything. Like at the, so I'm just like, and, and everybody knows I'm a Patriots fan. I was like the only real Patriots fan in the room. There are a couple Seahawks people, a lot of like sports agnostics. So he catches the ball and I just start crying. And I like just looked like I loved touchdowns. <laughs> And I'm, I'm not like sobbing, but there's just tears, and I was like, "Oh well, this is weird." Like this yeah, is weird. Yeah. So I had to explain. I was like, "My grandmother died." I, I was like, I like forgot, you know, in the middle of the game. I was just we we're watching the game, and I was like, "Oh, I, I had to like, ex- I felt like I had to explain myself. Like, this is a, there's a lot wrapped up in this right yeah, now for yeah. me." And so, uh, so I, I'm like a sport. I don't even remember how we got on that, but that was like a. Um, because you were, I asked if you were a sports fan. But there was something, of, there was something else that made me think about it before. Oh, just that that's like the kind of thing that makes me emotional. Like okay, a big yeah, yeah. sports play will make me tear up. But then there was also the connection to my grandmother. So I was just like, man, this is happening. Like this <laughs> like, is, I can't like let it go. Like just, suck it back just in. Let it right, go. Right, I, I had go. to. And so I, it was in Crown Heights, and I was, I live in Harlem, and. We, I got on the train. It was like, it was a sun, I mean, Sunday night at midnight. The trains are running crazy slow, so it was like an hour and a half home. And I was just on the train, just like overwhelmed with emotion yeah. that I didn't know what to do with. Like you know, like sometimes, sometimes when I'm out in public and I feel that, like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a cry. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I can get home. Yes. Before it, ha- before right. it, like there the, was the no wall hits me. Hope. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was so far. I was like, this is gonna be. Like, yo, I've, I've seen a girl on the. Tra- I saw a girl on the train one time. And she was like by the doors, yeah. just standing there, and you could just see her like holding back the most yep. intense, right, like, emotional outpouring ever. And I just, I, I, I couldn't not stare at her. I was trying not to, but I'm just like, yo. And I wanted to almost walk up and be like, can I? Are you, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. But I could tell it was something that like there was nothing. Yeah. I could have done for her in that for space. For sure. So I would imagine that was. That's you what I on felt. The train. And it, but yeah. it was like just. Like, I wasn't making a show of it, but just, like, tears every once in a while. Just they weren't, like... A, a silent wife every now and again. Right. And yeah. they, they, it wasn't, like, oh, the baby! But it was, like, <laughs> I guess she's not coming back. Like, it was those kind of tears where it was, like, well, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> so, just on the train and slowly crying. <laughs> slowly crying while you met, like, crying. for but an hour and a half. But also just, like, seeing people in Patriots hats being, like... Go past. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so emotional, and so, but I, like every feeling, which you, it's uh, so there was like a happy, happy emotion, and then the sad. The same like sometimes yeah. when I'm really really happy, I'll yeah. just, I'm so happy I want to cry. And that's do, what I mean by like the modern family. Like sometimes yeah. it'll be like the oh, happiest it's so ending. And it's just like oh, like a, a happy cry at a wedding. Like, so the same way. Before I went to therapy, yeah. I never would cry. Okay. I went to therapy like a couple years ago, and I'm, I'm not there anymore. But like literally, there was uh, I think it was an episode of Seinfeld where dude was like, I can't stop crying now. I can't. <laughs> like literally everything yeah. that will possibly like draw an emotion out of me, it's there. Yeah. Like and I can't turn it off anymore. Like it's it's kind of cool. I feel like it's good though. That's no, definitely good. It's, it's definitely like good. Better than not that. Yeah. It's better than like I don't. I just don't feel anything. Well, some people say like some people who get on meds for like their uh, anxiety. Whatever, yeah. They say they they don't feel. They don't feel anything. Yeah. And they said that that is worse than being manic or being yeah. anxious because it's just like you want to feel an emotion. You just right. can't. You that's, know what I'm saying? That's I can't really imagine sad. that shit. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, I want to cry. Let's just cry together. Let's just right cry right now. <laughs> I was, I'm, but I'm like very, I'm like super at ease when people cry. <laughs> like I'm just like very like um. I think part of it is because 
of just like my personality and part of it is from teaching yeah. so you just like yeah this, this is happening but like I was out with a friend the other night when um, David Carr from the Times passed away yeah, and yeah. she became immediately very emotional she, it was, he was someone that she had met and whose work she admired so much and like we were just at this bar having fun being like drunk on a Thursday and then it just like turned and she was like I'm so sorry that this and I was like it's fine this is like kind of my way like I know what to do yeah, uh, yeah. same same scenario yeah. literally the exact same scenario mm-hmm. but I'm in your position yeah. this happened to me at a bar with my homegirl she were drinking and we're talking about relationships and I'm telling her like she's like man you and your ex are so cool and I'm like we're cool she's like nah but I mean like y'all can like hang out together and talk and blah 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 and I like I like and I, I can, you can tell there's a lot of love still there but yeah. it's like it's changed to what it's moved that's healthy me and my ex we can't really talk blah 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 and she just started like sobbing and I looked at her and I said you can't do this with me right now. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with this type of emotion. Right. I'm, it's gonna. And I just want you to know, like, I I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "It's okay, you know. I'm just not good with people crying." Yeah. I'm, the one. <laughs> if, a, if, a, if like a girlfriend cries, it'll make me kind of horny because I'm like, sure. oh, oh uh, wake up, sex. We get to have sex after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there'll be sex. Some like. But it's not like some. I'm gonna make you cry so I can be horny. But no, you know, no, so no, no, like, no. It's. I but I. You know. I know. I know people that are like the fighting is part of it. Right. But I know I, what you mean because I'm also. I don't like, like that. the fighting. Either. I don't like it either. Yeah. I'm like I can't. It like. I, it takes me so long to recover from fighting. Yeah. Um, it takes me a long time to recover from just being upset. Yeah, me too. Like if I get upset, it takes me a day. And I have to. I'm. My challenge is always walking the line between expressing like I'm very upset still, <laughs> and then not and not being petty and just like yeah, you know what I mean? where it's like <laughs> it's three days later, and, and this is this is not with my current girlfriend. This is a past issue. Yeah. But, excuse me. Hasn't come up in like significant time, but it's like I, a challenge I always have is like if you're mad at someone. How do you stay mad so you don't feel mad anymore? Because like, right. you can't just be mad. And when you think back to like being a kid, like when you were mad at a person, you would just go outside and play while you were mad. Like I'm fine. We're gonna keep. Like yeah, I, wa- yeah. I watch my um my daughter's sister and my niece yep. play, and they'll like hate each other. Like, yeah. It'll be like ah, fighting and shit, and then literally ten minutes later, it's just like. Okay, I'll be this barber, you be that yeah. one. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's not that big of a deal, no. but emotionally for them, yeah. that's almost like losing your job. You know what I'm saying? Or like, some <laughs> shit. like right. I, I can't have this Barbie? Right. No. Yeah, that's this, that's the worst possible. When you're four or five, that's the worst yeah. thing you can imagine. So I usually look at it like people I care about. Mm-hmm. Like I try to, I've tried to learn how to be in a space of anger, but still in a space of just like welcoming. Comfort. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm yeah. mad at you. And it's gonna pass. Mm-hmm. And that's the like that's the one takeaway from my ex girlfriend was yeah. that we used to uh, argue from time to time. And she was just like, one day I was mad, and I'm just like, or she was mad at somebody. And she was just like, you know, but people get mad and they're happy again. It's not like a big deal. Yeah. It's not like I'm gonna be mad at you forever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just fucking be happy tomorrow, or be happy in a mm-hmm. day or two. Like you just pissed me off right now. Let me go through my process. Yeah, and I, same thing for you. When you're mm-hmm. mad, just go through your process. Yeah, but don't. Don't put too much on it like it's the end of the fucking right, world. Right, right, right. Because I'm used to like the anger being the breaking point. You know what yes, I'm saying? It's just right, like, right, right. <laughs> and then it's like, well, this, I'm mad and this is over. Yeah. yeah. I'm mad and the world is over for you. Yeah. I don't know you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I get that. I'm very good at articulating now when I'm like stressed about something or like I'll forget to say it and then someone will say, are you okay? And, and then I'm very good at being like, I feel very stressed out for A, B, and C. 
there's nothing really to be done about it right now. Yeah. Probably two days from now, I won't even remember it. But like right now, I'm in a zone where like it's all I'm thinking about. I'm preoccupied, and I'm not at my best. And I apologize for that. And I've, I've gotten pretty good about doing that. Like I've gotten good about like regulating my levels of anxiety and stress. Yeah. Just like okay, this thing. Hey, if it bothers you, you can think about it, but don't make it your everything. Yeah. Like it's, the, it's, it's I have this thing where if like. If something, if I get a bad text right now, it'll just be my world. Yep. Like, oh God. Oh, mm-hmm. Maybe for like a week. Yeah. If I let it. Yep. But I've started being like, just jumping out in front of shit or whatever, mm-hmm. or even just like, okay, well, I can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's so much nicer. My my girlfriend now and I, um, I I don't know whether I'm better than I used to be or she's a better person. Than better the than handle, better at handling you. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I feel like. We have like a, it's not, I think we just, a part of it is I'm a, a grown up, and then part of it is like we get along in a way that feels natural even when there are stressful things, and right, we, right, we right. like soothe each other well, whereas in the past I've dated people that when they would get upset, I'm the last person they'd want to deal with. Right. You know, and that's just like a, that's like a thing sometimes you can't change, like I, w- I dated someone that w- you said she would have a thing like I'm mad right now I can't talk to you but like try me tomorrow and I'd be like no but come on let's yeah. try it now I just want to talk about it and that would never help yeah we are literally the same person because <laughs> I always just want to like like let's just grind it down to dust and then it yeah, would, yeah, and then yeah. it's gone and it, but that would never work with certain people I dated and it's just but I it, it's, it's an equal amount of give and take where it's like okay knowing when you're grinding something down to yeah. dust versus wanting to yeah and like, then just having it like build up like um like cramp up emotionally like I would I would I would grind shit down until I got away from what I was yep. grinding and be like well what was I even mad about yeah 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 I'm mad because I don't know what I was yep. mad about Urgh, this yeah. sucks they're just floating anger yeah. <laughs> like I know I'm mad about something <laughs> when I remember oh, I'm gonna be really mad it's about it's all over <laughs> yeah this is gonna be the, the argument of the century <laughs> but I, I have one a very close friend who he and his girlfriend are like both very angry people and they I think have figured out a way to mostly be angry at the rest of the world (laughs) it's incredible like I because normally when you see people fight a lot you're like oh you guys gotta break up but they have these intense arguments about things which have calmed down over the years but like they just hate they figured out how to like like in a martial arts movie when two people stand back to back and just fight everyone around them that's like them in the world they're just constantly like well I have this rage and you have this rage and let's just make sure we're punching everything but each other let's, get, let's put our rage back to back yeah put our rage back like a um, like a kung fu they have a kung fu back to back rage relationship and it's like kind of beautiful I'm imagining this is John Smith and Jane Doe John Smith and Jane Joe Smith and Jane Doe Joe no. Smith and Jane Doe Jane Doe is, is long term uh, his common law wife. She's like 18 to 30. She's 18, yeah, right, yeah. 18 to 30. Uh, brown hair, medium length. She's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, very, very girl next door though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but going back to um, your career. Sure. Let's, I want to talk, talk to you about writing. Yeah, let's do because it. Because I know that writing based on what I know about you and your comedy, yeah. it feels more like you're a writer turned comedian. That's I or not even like a writer turned comedian. It feels like writing is your engine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When I say yes. writing, not like Agreed. not like 
writing jokes in the way you're writing jokes to get on stage with like writing long form essays or like sure. writing for TV and just doing a lot of different writing. I'm kind of the same way as a rapper. Your writing like, is what drives the process. Yeah, yeah. Like I, sometimes I don't just I just don't make music. But sure. Like it'll be like oh, I'm gonna write a verse today. Yeah. Instead of writing an article, mm-hmm. or writing whatever. Like how. Was, was writing a part of your, a big part of your life before college? Yeah, I mean, I was a creative writing major oh, okay. in, that might be in college, and I wrote, I wrote a play in high school that, like, that we got to put on right after I graduated. So I've, like, it's always been something, and I, I acted in high school, and then basically stopped in college. I did improv and sketch in college, but, okay. like, no, like, theater, theater. Um, and my, gra- my grandmother, a different one, who passed when I was... Gosh, teenager. She always would see me in plays in, college, in high school, and she would always say uh, very nicely, um, "You're really a, more of a writer." <laughs> when she would see me act, which is, um, but it, it is. That's like the engine, and I love stand up, and I don't want to not do stand up. Yeah, yeah. uh, but I like the tinkering of it. Like I don't get. I'm not the guy that's like I'm gonna take the stage and. Uh, just with charisma and energy and people are gonna, you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like a science experiment of like, these words I put together, do they have the effect on people that I think they're gonna have? Right. And, um, and like writing something, can I write this essay or this short humor piece or, um, you know, a TV, something, a joke for TV that like has the effect that I want it to, that communicates this idea to like that kind of the laugh or the yeah. um, the emotional response that I want, and and so I, I love performing, but I definitely the writing is the the engine for sure. Right, like when I was um when I did my stand up, yeah. I wrote it out like I almost yeah. wrote it word for word mm-hmm. and tried to perform it like with with the beats yep. intended beats. But I think that I, I took it too much of like a, a music approach to it where I didn't leave room for a laugh. Oh, like sure. I would like barrel through the laugh yep. trying to get to my point. Yeah. Because it was my first time ever doing right. it. So I didn't understand the dynamics of how to engage an yeah. audience that is not listening to things on beat, but just... Right. Because the audience, the laughter kind of gives you the beat. Right. And so you... and But the more you do it, you know the rhythm. Like... Because at first I was a terrible performer when I started doing stand-up. Um, like I could, it took me like probably... It's better s- that it's that way and not the reverse. I think so. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean like that now I'm terrible? I was fantastic. I was amazing. I just got it just, Ooh, I don't know what happened. I'm really me. enjoying just, this downhill phase though. Yeah, it is. You know, it's just let it go. Cruise control, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just ghostwriting this career into the bushes. <laughs> so we... Um, we... Oh, so I would just do the I would do sets and it took me like six months to like speak in my into a microphone in my regular speaking voice. I would I was like too soft or like too my cadence it just like was wrong because yeah, yeah. I wasn't writing I don't think I was writing material that fit my like how I talked. And then it kinda took me a little while and then I was like, Oh, this sounds like me. This is what I sound like. Uh, this is how I talk. And now I feel like there's uh, the cadence is a little different when I'm on stage because there's like here's how the joke goes and then there's a laugh uh, but yeah, I like yeah. talk like me it just sounds like me like you said about rap like it's focused and filtered and condensed so that you don't ramble you're just like here's the idea as short and as uh, full of meaning as I can make it um, and I like that challenge and I've come to enjoy performing and feel like I'm getting better at it and like I can add things to performance that I wouldn't have thought that I could do before um, but it's still like I like 
jokes. I like writing jokes. I like writing, I like expressing ideas. Uh, and that's what drives it. And I think the performance is like frosting on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The performance is like when you get to like show off your new toy. Yeah, and have and have fun with it, right? Like that's like the treat is to get to perform it. Yeah. But the like the work and the what feels like the good work is the writing. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Like, to some people, doing the show is the work. They're like, I showed up and I'm going to leave it all out there. And like, I talk pretty quietly when I'm on stage. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a, I don't, I don't leave it all out there. Sometimes yeah. I'll amp it up a little bit. You bring bit. a little bit with you and yeah. take the rest. Yeah, I take a little bit home. <laughs> I have a doggy bag for my energy. <laughs> and I, um, and some, sometimes there, there are nights where I'm like, well, I'm going to ramp it up to like meet this crowd where they are, where they live. Yeah. Or um, I, that's how I'm feeling that night. But I, I'm not the guy that like comes off stage and like towels down and like slumps <laughs> into a chair. Like, well, I gave him some showbiz tonight. <laughs> it's always very much like it, it's more. The show is better if if the audience is good because I'll ride there and be like, this is fun. We're having fun. But I'm I can't like go in there like a fighter and just be like I'm bringing it to him tonight yeah yeah <laughs> or I don't that's not where I come from initially so like even with the um, with the writing thing like how would, how would Twitter the way you um, use Twitter did you like look did you look at Twitter like okay I'm gonna use this as this particular device or tool or was it just kind of like a thing where it was like oh, I'll have this cause you do the uh, the modern Seinfeld the modern Seinfeld yeah that right. just kind of came out of like it's that's a fun platform to play with in that way right like, and, yeah like, so well, I was watching I'm sorry I was oh, watching an episode of Marin and um he was in some kind of meeting and they were like pitching to him like different Twitter handles that he could like write for yeah like, and it was almost like I never thought about using Twitter in a way like, oh, well, we're going to use this to parody so-and-so. And then yeah. Like, it I just kind of felt like it was just something that was happening. And then they, like, and it felt like, oh, this is its own idea. Like, yeah. it kind of sprung up organically of, like, I was just having these ideas for modern Seinfeld storylines. And then my friend Jack uh, Moore, who's the other writer, kind of was like, oh, this is its own thing. This should be its yeah, own yeah. thing. And, there, and there, it was, there's enough to sustain uh, that voice. But, like... It's it's fun because there are ideas you can express that are. Twitter, I feel like, is mostly setups. Right. Like right, exactly. you don't There's have no to, resolution. Yeah. There doesn't like, need to be. You just put out the. Um, like you don't have to take like for a stand-up bit, you usually have to either set up and then like a really great twist that makes people laugh right away, or you have to take people all the way through. But like, I think on my way here, I tweeted something like. Uh, Sometimes I worry that I'm part of the problem, and then I realize, oh, no, I'm most of the problem. <laughs> and that's, like, not a good stand-up joke, because you have to then, he here's why that's true. Right. But on Twitter, people imagine it, and that's, like, all they expect, is, yeah. the, is like, an, a compelling, quirky, fun setup. Because, see, that's, I think that that was my one problem with my stand-up, is that I'm used to Twitter yeah. as a comedic device, mm -hmm. so I would just have a bunch of setups. Yeah. Or the resolution would come, and it was that. There's, there's nothing. It wouldn't lead to anything. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Twitter, I feel like, for, to drive stand-up sometimes, it helps to go, like, to type something in and be like, is this an idea that people can relate to? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, does this one punchline work? But, like... It's so different because you need to like stand up. You just have to. Or the way my stand up is, you have to flesh stuff out so much more. Right, right. And so I feel like a lot of tweets, even tweets that people really like, they're the way I write jokes. They're not 
full jokes. Like, I had a tweet this week that, like, got, by my standards, a lot of retweets and favorites and stuff. And it was just, um, this is when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, it was, and it was just, I know a lot of, I know a lot of guys that are like just like Christian Grey, but without the handsomeness and money, uh, they're in jail. And that's like, you know, what I mean? it's like a funny idea, but like on on stage, that gets like a, yeah, or it's it like, would. I've they done, recognize that it's funny. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's funny. yeah. But then that's it's funny. like, why is that true? Yeah. it's like Twitter is for a thesis, not for a, a body paragraph. Yeah, yeah, and that's like I know that um, I tweet a lot of stuff that I consider funny. Mm-hmm. But I'd never have. You can just like say it and walk away from it. Yeah. Ne- like there's no. You sort never of have like, to make it better. Right. It never has to work for an audience. I do have a notepad where sometimes I'll write stuff like oh, or I'll save a tweet and mean to like yeah, flesh it out for or sure. Make it into a real idea. Mm-hmm. But I always forget about the notepad. Yeah. <laughs> like all these, they're cool ideas. And yeah. One day I will. But I'm yeah. just like stockpiling these ideas. Totally. I sometimes something. go the opposite way where I'll write a bit and then tweet parts of it to be like. Does this make sense? Market testing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's focus groups. Do you guys know the proper way to greet a band when they come to your city on tour? It's to show up to the venue already wearing their band shirt or their cap. You can do that by going to workingcreative.bigcartel.com and getting some of this cool Tanya Morgan shit. We got t-shirts, we got hats, and we also don't want to have them. We want you to have them. So purchase it. Then show up to one of these cities and let us know you're in the house for us. Because we need that. Our egos are really fragile. But uh, speaking of writing, I know you gotta get out of here soon. No, that's fine. No. But, uh, like I saw on Twitter, speaking of writing and Twitter, I saw you said you're writing a book. Oh yeah, I have a book. I, I'm co-writing a book with my friend Joe Berkowitz, okay. who is a staff writer at Fast Company magazine. Yeah. And it's called You Blew It, and it's basically a guide to like all the ways life is a nightmare and people are always making it harder on themselves. It's like it's just a goof. <laughs> and uh, so the premise is awesome. Thank you. I'm like I'm kind of like. I have this nervous energy about it because it's almost done. Like, we've handed in several drafts, and now it's just at, like, copy editing, and we can make any final cuts, and then that's it. Then it, like, goes to press. Yeah. And, and, and then it's a book. Is, is this your first foray into the book writing world? Yeah. Well, I've, I've pitched other book ideas um, in the past. Excuse me. Um, I've pitched other concepts and stuff, and they, I've always gotten pretty similar feedback, which is, like, hey, we... we um, cool, that was fun to read, but like, it won't make a book. Yeah. Um, so this one was kind of a collaboration with Joe and I had pitched a different book, and then we found a publisher that liked the writing and had kind of a, a different take, so we repitched it as a different thing, and then, so it was kind of a, um, it was a, it's exciting to have a book published, and it was also, it, we were able to do it, it was like almost our homework assignment yeah. in like a fun way. Like, I've, I've never understood the pitching process. I guess, I so, guess because... I guess because of the way that we do music, mm-hmm. it's just like, I want to shoot a video, shoot yeah. the video. Right. I want to make a song, mm-hmm. make a song and put it out. Like, I've right. never understood, like, not, and I'm not saying understood, like, no, I no, no. fathom it, but I'm saying, like, I don't understand how, like, I have shit I would like to pitch. Yeah. So I just we, don't know how to go about it. What we ended up doing was, like, my, uh, a couple friends and I had this idea to do a fake pickup artist book called, the, the title <laughs> of the pitching was, uh, Getting It Wet, The Nice Guy's Guide to Tricking Women from Friend Zone to Bone Zone. So that's what we called it. And we wrote, like, Getting it wet. yeah, we wrote, like, I don't know how much, like, probably 20 pages of sample material, and then, like, a chapter outline, and 
figured out like what are books that are like it like what what are books where's the who's the audience wrote a little intro and then gave it to our agent who sent it to sent it to yeah, yeah. um publishers and all the publishers were like yeah this is really funny but no one will buy this book <laughs> so we were like well that's fine then um, See, that's the thing like, you put so much work into it was pitch. it's a real um it was really discouraging and that's why like i guess that's the daunting thing for me. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand the process for one, and then like uh, the level of work I have, to, I have to put into it will pull me off of so many other things. Yep. But that's, I, I've had that. Well, I think that's just something I got used to as from the writing standpoint because there's, to me, the craziest thing, like you're saying, I don't know, like how, do, how does book stuff work? To me, the craziest thing is people who go out on a ton of auditions because yeah. that is like... That to me is that's the, like the least pleasant. It's like no, we right. don't like you. Right. Like I would, I would, right. I would almost compare it to like taking your clothes to like Beacon's Closet or some shit. Yes. And they're like, yes. Yeah, no. no. But it's like your in face. front of your face, like you wore this shirt. Oh, we don't. Nobody will no buy one this would shirt. Like that shirt. But it's just your <laughs> face. You're like, yeah. hey, I brought you this face, and they're like, nobody <laughs> wants that face. <laughs> that's no, no. Um, so that's like that. That to me is like the the unfathomable part of like yeah. creating art or like getting involved. Because in even to be totally honest with you. I would be happier just writing. Like, I love performing. And I, I, I love performing. I, just yeah. perform, I would be totally happier just writing some shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like the, the, the creative product, like, mm-hmm. the quietly creative. Like, Vaughn yeah. is, like, on some, he would rather, he, Vaughn wants to be the Chad Hugo of Tanya Morgan. Sure. <laughs> I, I get the Pharrell up. But in, like, a, a weird kind of twist away, I kind of want to be, it's like two Chad Hugos yeah. in one group. In a way. <laughs> <Here> goes. <laughs> the tunes. Well, look, man, that's you get to wear regular hats. You don't have to wear big silly hats. And you're yeah. gonna be fine. You get writer credit on Super Thug and <laughs> what, what? 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 Man, those I keep meaning to put together like a Spotify playlist of all the great Neptune's beats from that era. I have era. one for you. Really? Have, yeah, I have oh. one. My friend uh, Derek put one together. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with Please. you. Please. That is, because those songs were unbelievable. I also have a six disc Neptune's compilation. Really? It is crazy. Th- like, the songs that they were involved in to like run them down is like, oh, that's every hit. Every of, like 2000 to 2003, and they're still going. They're still going. Like they, there's no reprieve. We don't get a rest. No, it's and the sound changed a little bit. You know, like it's not. But they'll do a callback to like their early. Yeah. Year. Like they might put out something that was produced back then next next week. Yeah. Because it's because it's in their wheelhouse and it works as a part of their mm-hmm. brand. People are like, oh, that's the Neptune mm-hmm. sound. It's almost like a retro pair of Jordans at this point. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. Like, like a throwback. Yeah. Beat. Oh man. Because I mean. Even the non-hip-hop ones, like, Toxic is, like, the best Britney Spears song. <laughs> uh, and that's a Neptune's beat. They're, man, I'm, I think about it, like, God, how do they do that? How do they do that? They, they have to literally just go in the studio and shed material for, like, a, a month straight. And, like, then go in and get... I, I, the process has to be insane because if you look at the radio run and the stuff yeah. that actually makes it out, yeah. you got to think about the shit that just that doesn't, doesn't make right. it. Yeah. Right. Like, like they had, there's a million beats that are just like uh, Pro Tools files that are just like, and they're like, nope, no, 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 nope, not that one. Nope, not nope, that, one not that one. And then they get the one that's like, uh, God, what's the, um, like the grind? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Those drums, those that's work. The one. Those yeah. Work. Yeah. But speaking of Spotify writing, that's mm-hmm. another question I had. Do you think that, um, like, 
online publishing platforms like Medium, mm -hmm. uh, Thought Catalog, yeah. and even Twitter to a certain extent, are doing the same thing to writing as it is like Spotify mm -hmm. and SoundCloud does to music. Because I mean, it's almost like, as opposed to back when it was MySpace, yeah. you had one focused, centralized place to go right. discover new right, artists. Right, right. Now it's like all these different streaming platforms. And yeah. I feel like with authors in a way, there's so many like free online publishing services. Yeah. It's not just Blogspot or WordPress. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and I, does that affect the way that you create or the way that, like, because I've been doing, like, research for this. Yeah. I saw that you would, like, write for a couple websites. Yeah. You would write for them for, like, a period of time. Yeah. Then move to a different platform. Sure. Yeah. And, that's, and it's I almost like you, you just abandon, not, not really abandoned it because it's on the internet, so it's there. Yeah, forever. yeah. Like, but, like, like, I guess speak on it a little bit. Sure. Know? Yeah, I feel like the, the good thing of the about the internet is you get a, there's a, a, so many places to get feedback before you're the person you're going to become. And, and okay. feedback that's, like, not prestigious. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, straight but up eyeballs. consumer in Yeah, like, so specifically. It's not a, it's not a nuanced sort of educated no. opinion. It's right, just like, it's just like, just like here's, yeah, and here's a lot, or, like, this shared a lot of times, or like a lot of people viewed this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, interesting. Um, and, and that's like, and it's just practice. Like, regardless of what people think about it, it lets you practice and you're like, this feels, this feels like the kind of work I want to be doing. And maybe you graduate from a platform. Like I used to write a lot, I wrote a lot for Thought Catalog uh, yeah. like four years ago, three and a half, like as I was moving to New York, I wrote a lot for them. And it was, a I mean, it was a little different than it is now there. But there was like very little barrier. I feel like Medium took Thought Catalog. I, I think so too. Right? I feel like Medium because they curate a little more. Thought Catalog doesn't curate. They're just kind of oh. like, or they, they do. They have like a process of like no, yes, but they're really? kind of just like yeah. I Thought Catalog, and then, okay. but then they're just kind of like this, and then that, and then that, and they don't prioritize anything. Where Medium, there are collections that are like curated by certain people, and so there's you can do it on your own, or you could have it as part of a bigger thing, and I think that helps cultivate but yeah. it's nice to like it's nice to be able to like get stuff into the world as like just like shooting free throws in a gym yeah um, <laughs> I was with you shooting free throws in the gym by the way yeah <laughs> it's a Drake quote it's a Drake oh quote. Is that, I didn't know that one that's yeah, really I, funny I, I, I didn't know if you knew it or not I no to, I don't know that okay, one okay okay um, back to the thing but so yeah so I feel like that's valuable at, for practice but then it becomes there there has to be a period there has to be a point where you start saying no to working for free. Yeah. And, and I think it's different for everyone, and some people are really good at knowing where that is, and some people are really, uh, will give it a lot longer leash. Right. And I, I think, for me, my, my process of like becoming a writer professionally was like writing a lot of stuff, and some of it was just, sometimes you just do stuff for exposure because you're not good enough to do it for money. And, and that's where I was for a while. And then it was like, Usually, if you're doing good work that's visible to people, you will get asked to do better work for more money that's visible to more people. Right. And that, I had a very natural experience of that where I would get asked to do things and then I would go, oh, my work, my labor is worth this much and I can't, I can't expend effort working for places that either pay this much or nobody will ever see. Yeah. And, and so it was like kind of an evolution and I could kind of shed work that was less... Um, less enjoyable and less financially rewarding over time. Some people have a harder time. I, I was very fortunate that people were like, I like that, do more, and then we'll give you more money. Right. Uh, or I could pitch to places and be like, I've done these things, here's new work. And they'll go, yeah, or no, try again later. Speaking of pitching, 
Mm-hmm. You, um, not to cut you off. You pitched to, um, you used to write for, um, what show was the, uh, the, the... I did a very little bit for Billy on the Street. Billy on the Street. Yeah. Okay. That was really fun. Yeah, I did, I'll... I did just like a couple days work for them. Yeah. And yeah. it was, it was super fun. I mean, he's so fun to write for. He seems like a good time. He's really funny. Yeah. Like, elevates the material. You know, you don't have to, like... I imagine for writing for some people, you have to like, well, this guy can only do these couple things. So you have to write a joke that lets him use his Russian accent, or you have to write a right. joke that um, has like a, an ending where he does a cartwheel. But like with Billy, <laughs> he just like, I, it was so fun to write things where I was like, he would be so funny saying this, like right. authentically funny, and he has such a strong voice. So prior to that, did you pitch for a lot of other shows? Like I, I'd you? submitted for a lot of stuff. Okay, I, I, like over the period from like 2000, 2000, late 2012 to I guess 2013, I submitted to like a ton of shows. Yeah. I, a ton of writing packets specific to each show. Um, a bunch. I went on a couple interviews, and it was. What's or you, you no, have a question? I, I was gonna say even. I'll, I'll let you finish it. I want. I have a question. Oh, so it. And it was like a lot of like book proposals. It's just a lot of material that you're like, typed it up, send it in, and then you never hear anything. And then it's like, well, that's what that was. And so I did a lot of that specifically in 2013. And it took like, it it was like the kind of thing where I had. 2013. Yeah, where I had like. Uh, a manager and an agent and I was like okay like I, I, here I am I'm gonna start working now and it was still like a year of just like doing writing for no money for no benefits in my apartment yeah. and then being like how about now and then finally the last thing I wrote the last packet I wrote in 2013 was what got me my job yeah. And the uh, manager and agent were, agent were the ones that were, like, telling you what the picture Yeah, they're, like, here's... Okay. The, so they'll go, here's the show they're looking for a writer. Here's the material they want. You have a week to do it or two weeks to do it or three days. Because I got a taste of that. Yeah. Like, I, um, I re- when I saw Larry Wilmore had a show, yeah. I was like, I want to write for yeah. this show. I want to do this. Yeah. And I actually got a hold of, the, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the pitch process. I was yeah. like, oh, I, so I, I gave it a shot. And I, I, I understand now seeing the show. I understand why my stuff wasn't sure. The but show. You, and that that's a hard one because you didn't know what the show was gonna. Yeah, be. I didn't know anything about the show. I, I just got the pack, the packet. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But I'm really interested in that. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I, I think that once this year settles down mm-hmm. a little bit, I'm gonna like try to get back into figuring out how to pitch stuff. Yeah, and it's it, it's like there's and there's a difference between pitching stuff like for yourself. Like I have this project that I'd like to make. Will you yeah. fund it or would you hire me to do it? And then there's, <laughs> but then there's like. Okay, the, um, the uh, Tonight Show needs a new writer, and they want you to write ten monologue jokes a day, every day for a week, and send them in. And if they're great, maybe you'll they'll ask you to come in for a week, and you know what I mean. Something, whatever it is, whatever the process is, uh, is specific to each show. But I find that it's the ones for a show that doesn't exist yet are the hardest. Yeah, because you don't know what the like. Okay, so I was thinking like. It didn't exist, so I was like, I don't know what the voice would be. Maybe yeah. it would be kind of... I wrote it in a way that was more weekend update. Like, sure. I pretty much just did my, my weekend update. Yep. And even the, uh, they, they wanted you to write, like, 10 to 20 jokes. Yeah. Um, two field pieces. Yep. And a monologue. And the monologue I wrote was... It was it was more or less just kind of like a straightforward monologue. Yeah. It was something that could have fit any show. Yep. But my jokes were straight up weekend update. Like, sure. I, I didn't know what else to do. I'm right. like... I'm not going to do because I was like they're not going to go for the John Stewart right they don't want it to sound like John Stewart exactly Um, or the same with like um, I know some people that are 
working on a submission for the new Stephen Colbert okay, yeah. uh, Late Show with yeah. Stephen Colbert. And that's like, Stephen Colbert is amazing, yeah. but it's hard to know what to submit because it's like, he is doing a totally different thing than you've seen him do for the last 10 years. And I think in a lot of ways when that happens, they're looking for people with, refre- with, little, with really articulated, refreshing voices mm-hmm. to more or less guide the Because sh- yep. Stephen is Stephen. Yeah. And what he does is going to translate. It's just, it has to be the yeah. voices behind him that kind of make it refreshing and yep. new. So you almost have to just not even think about anything. Right, and just go. Which is hard because you right. need to think about something. Like yeah, because you need to... But it's interesting, like, I, I feel like there's always a balance uh, when you're auditioning for stuff or, like, doing the thing that is, like, you think they'll like versus yeah. doing the thing that's the most you. And, and uh, you get to, hopefully, I think ideally, with whatever projects you do, you get to a point where you go, I'm so good that what I like the best is what they'll like the most. You do that when you get and your then, voice. Yeah, and that's, like, I am... Uh, envious of people who are in that zone yeah. of people who go um, this is my favorite song to play on guitar and it's the biggest hit or right. or this is my um, this is the book that I want to spend three years researching and writing and it's going to be a bestseller right like even like so even in that, that the submission process I noticed that writing the jokes were kind of like it wasn't hard it was just kind of like challenging yeah Writing the field pieces were like, I don't know what I'm doing. But writing yeah. the monologue was like, I was like, I'm just going to do me right here. Yeah. I don't like, like I was kind of doing my impersonation of other people. Right. In every mm-hmm. other area. But it's like, monologue, it's me. Doing yeah. this shit. And, and it, it was probably, it was the most fun part of the packet, mm-hmm. to be honest. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it was just my voice, it was me. And, and it's fun when you can put yourself into something you're writing for someone else. Yeah, that, or, exactly. or a project that's not necessarily just you. But it's fun to do um, it's fun to like get to go well I'm writing uh, an article for Cosmo which is not my voice necessarily the magazine overall but I'm gonna insert these like couple little points that uh, that are meaningful to me and slip myself into this place and now I'm reaching Cosmo's audience that, this is like a very real example right, right, right. Cosmo a bunch uh, <laughs> I have these very real um, these things that are that are meaningful to me that I'm getting to Cosmo's audience who wouldn't normally like see me and go yeah this is the guy who I want to read yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice it's like a very exciting thing to get to to get to like hijack that microphone for a little right. time <laughs> uh, speaking of magazines you wrote for the thing you did for GQ on the vests oh for L L yeah that was pretty funny thank you it was actually pretty dope too it made me want to I like the vest so you you actually adopted the vest as a part I of have wardrobe. a vest I haven't like I need to get uh, get my other clothing items right like yeah. I, I have a blazer you can't wear it with like no hoodie. not with a hoodie <laughs> but I have like a blazer that I really like yeah. and, uh, but it's just all wrinkly so I'm like I gotta iron this blazer and bring my vest game back up to speed yeah. it's a lot of a lot of variables um, I've, I've never I probably rocked a vest in high school at some point mm-hmm. I think I had a vest in high school everybody had a vest at some point though. I think I had one in high school but it was I was like, this is this is kind of corny. I feel yeah. like you look like a like a mixology bartender if right. you don't have a jacket over it, because it's just like vest and sleeves, like, <laughs> or like a a clerk in a um, like an accounting firm in the 1800s. Or you need like a handlebar mustache. Yeah, like, yeah it definitely yeah. says something to right. To it's like it's like I w- I didn't just put on clothes. Yeah, today. I, I, got I did. Yeah, it's, it's almost like. 
the um, the the business casual appropriation of a gold chain. It's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This shit didn't just happen. Right. Like, like, yeah, exactly. There wasn't. There's this, a point to this. Yes. Like, the, I wasn't just like, well, I need something. He was yeah, like, yeah. I did this on purpose for me. <laughs> and lastly, the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Please. Is I saw you do something about um, Breaking Bad spinoffs. Oh, yeah. So that made me want to ask you, are you watching Better Call Saul? I haven't seen the new one. The, I haven't seen the one today, uh, from last night. Oh, so you've seen the first I two? I saw the first two. What do you, I, 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 I was, I tweeted about it, I was watching I saw you tweet about it. <laughs> I was like, I hope he's on this. No, I saw the first two. I yeah. saw the first two last night. And okay. I, I saw the first, I saw the, the second one last night, and the first one today. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? What did you think? Well, I got hyped up to watch it anyway. Yeah. Like, somebody told me, like, yo, you're gonna love it, because I was a Breaking Bad yeah, me and too. It was like, like pretty much, it's just the past, present, and future. Yeah. And it it pull it, it calls back all the characters and explains shit. And I was like, oh shit, are you serious? So when I clicked it on, I was immediately drawn in. <laughs> I saw the second episode first, by the way. Oh, interesting. So the first episode, the opening, I thought was so good. I, I didn't see it in order, and I'm kind of mad I didn't watch it in that order now. But it was still as it was still as powerful. Yeah. It still was as real. Yeah. I was in love with it. <laughs> yeah. I. Liked it. I like all the parts of it, but I'm like, what's this gonna be? Oh, well, yeah, we're, we're wrapping up. Thanks. So, thank you so much. Um, the, because I'm like, all right, what are, what am I supposed to focus on? Like the family drama, the legal hijinks. Like it just doesn't feel. There's no story yet, and I think. I'm kind of like saddled with the expectation of Breaking Bad, so it's my fault for coming in with all this baggage of like, well, my favorite dramatic television show ever has a spinoff that can't possibly be as good, but like, what do I want from it, and what is it? What does it want from me? Because especially as a person who writes for TV and like and sure. writes in general, like, the, I went to it with no expectation. Yeah. The only thing the only, I went to it, I almost wasn't gonna watch it because yeah. I because I was like, there's no I way I can live up way. to Breaking Bad. But then when uh, Vaughn and Six was telling yep. me about it, I was like, oh, I gotta check it out. So seeing it, it's like, this is the story of how Saul became as corrupt as yeah. he is. And he's so saddled by his like morality and mm-hmm. ethics. He's like, well, I, I, I feel bad about what I'm doing. And you just see peaks of him like being the good guy fighting the yeah. good guy fighting. Like, it's almost like, Walter's story, but in yeah. a different, but on it, a different it person. It feels almost too similar to me, I guess. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, de- and they try to do it in such a quick, they, yeah. they try to switch it up a little bit, dice it Yeah, I'm, I'm just but, like hoping the story, I'm hoping that his journey is different because it almost feels like guy who, like Saul has like tenderness for his brother, right? Or yeah. whoever it is. I think it's his brother. Chuck. I don't know who that dude and is. And he's like, yeah. I want to do right by this guy. And that's like a clear motivating thing. Just as like Walter was like, I have to provide for my family when I'm dead. Neither of them started out like a, they were never a good person, either one of them. Walter was never a good person. And, And then he just became his evil, like what was within him became amplified and he became a worse person. Right. And like, I hope it's not just that story with Saul. I don't think it is. Okay. I think that, in my opinion, just simply because when I think back to Saul on the TV show, yeah. he was always just kind of like angry that he was that person. Yeah, like that's it, true. Was, it was more like he was a bad, he was a bad person on the show, but he was not content with like I think Saul was. I mean, not Saul. Walter was completely happy. Like he wanted to he be was the like, worst oh, yeah. possible person. I'm, fucking, I I'm the Jay Z of you know meth right now. Yeah, <laughs> whereas Saul was just kind of like. 
I don't want to be the guy. Like, he's like, right. you know the clips, right? The rap group, the clips? Yes, of course. How the brother was like, I don't want to be a clips anymore. Yeah. I feel like that's No song. malice. Yeah, I feel, right. like, I feel like he's no malice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's it's all good. Yeah, but he's like too caught up in yeah. the sketchy. That's... Thinking about that, I like it a lot more because it's true. Saul was always like, "All right, I'll do this thing for you," but like, come on, just like, can you put the brakes on? Right. And Walter was always just like, "It's getting bigger." <laughs> but so, all right. In closing, yeah. Which one of your um, spinoffs, if you remember them? I don't. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say which one did you, which one did you really wish would would have oh, become man. the spinoff? Gosh. I might have, I might have it still open. Yeah, I might you get it up. Uh, six more breaking brass spinoffs. Heels, heels the boss. Oh, love that. Yep. Where Badge, Huel, Yep. I'll let you. Okay. There were Huel, Let me see if Quick I can remember all these. who is uh, Saul's henchman, Lavelle Crawford, uh, has to nanny. Right. Was yep. That, yep. Love that. <laughs> Badge to the future. That's Badger time traveling. <laughs> yeah. Is it time travel? Okay, I would watch that. Vamanos uh, Hutos. <laughs> Let's go together. I can't say it. I can't pronounce it. What, and what is it? What's that? One? I don't remember uh, that at all. Let me see. Uh, uh, Jesse and the Pest Control. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I wouldn't watch that. That's yeah, boring. Uh, well, I, actually, I liked him killing the family by accident. Yeah. But um, the Purple Room. Oh, Marie. Marie. <laughs> that, yeah, that Marie. shit. <laughs> DJ Marie mix. <laughs> <laughs> and ABQ a- a- Rock. Yep. I would. More, that, that was a good one. I would watch um, that. And then Wafflin. Wafflin. Walt Jr. Uh, runs for city council yeah. and has a, a breakfast, chain of breakfast restaurants. So I think of all those, I would like to watch uh, Badge to the Future, Badger Badge Time Traveling. <laughs> I think I would like to watch uh, uh, The Purple Room. The Purple Room, yeah, with Marie. That, that seemed like it would be fun. Yeah. Yep. Right on, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. I mean, you know, I know you got a show to get to, but we also have to get out of here because they kicked us out. Because they're closing. They kicked us out on the podcast. Yep. It that's, does. that's rude. I would have just held podcast. you here for another hour. But <laughs> thanks for being a guest. Yeah. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Gondelman. Follow him on Twitter at Josh Gondelman. Trust me, it's just as delightful as this conversation was. It's always a good time talking to that dude, man. You know what I'm saying? As you guys know, I record these things on Sundays. Well, I do my editing on Sundays. And today I got ahead of the curve, meaning it's still daylight outside. I can go outside and frolic if I wanted to. Um, It's actually not that cold outside and compared to yesterday when it was two fucking degrees or some shit. And Spec Boogie had me outside shooting music videos in the dead of fucking winter in a snowstorm that was turning to rain. But I love Spec. And I also love art. I love doing things for the sake of art. So when he hit me up like, yo, Don, let's shoot a video when the snow storms. I was literally like, yes, when is the snow coming? So, <laughs> you know, like it's always fun hanging out with your friends and especially doing creative shit like that. But yeah, um, look out for the Spec Boogie episode coming soon. I can't tell you when, but yesterday he gave me a sneak peek of his album, Books and Chicks in Brooklyn Shit. It's, it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good. It's good enough to make me think long and hard about the music I'm going to give you guys. It's that good. But that's what it's all about. Friendly competition. Not even competition, but just expansion. Like when you see the envelope getting pushed, you want to push that envelope too. You don't want to just sit there and take up space while your brothers are fucking innovating. You know what I'm saying? So on that note, 
we're pushing two hours, close to two hours. I'm going to let you guys out of here. <laughs> like I have the power to hold you. It's a fucking internet podcast. You could delete. You could You could have stopped listening a long time ago. By the way, do you guys miss the drunk outro? Should I wait until Monday morning to start doing my outros? I think I might. I think I want to be drunk for you guys again. Now, I'm not going to do it this week because I've already went through the... I just want to get this shit done. But next week, I'll be drunk at the end of the podcast. I promise you. I don't make promises. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say it to the mic. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.